College football is back, baby, and it didn't disappoint. On-field heroics, on-field chatter, off-field negotiations. We're bringing it all to you on Sixth Year Seniors. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! I'm tired of losing to Purdue! I'm not here around this week! That's why I got a college gift! That's why I was an All-American in Michigan! It's I could give a shit about North Carolina right now. Mikey, how you doing? I'm doing great, buddy. This was a fantastic weekend. Everything is great. Everything is wonderful. Everything is stupid. How about that? How do you like your new 17-team ACC? Nobody wants this shit. And it's an 18-team league in in basketball. Now, thank you very much. This is a bunch of garbage. Nobody wants this shit. Let's just flush the conference down the toilet. What part of Stanford in California says Atlantic Coast? Look, the the only way that Stanford and Cal fit into the Atlantic Coast Conference is that the Stanford, Cal, Carolina, and Virginia wine mixers are going to be off the chain, all right? <laughs> We're talking wine and cheese as far as you can see, all right? It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be great. No, this is stupid. The whole thing's stupid. Yeah, l- l- let's let's bring in SMU so we can have a central hub so we can split the difference on travel. What kind of crap is this? There have been a lot and a lot of stupid, ridiculous, dumb statements made in the name of college athletics. But who, I think it came from the Cal president on Friday. Oh, the Cal president has been saying some shit stupid things. Uh, it's absolutely stupid. And SMU out here is, oh, we didn't buy our way into the league. You foregoed the conference media money for nine years. That's absolutely buying your way into the league. Because you're giving all of that money back to the league. You think the league would have took you in if you were getting an equal share? Hell no! You bought your way into the league. That's what it was. None of this makes any sense for the Atlantic Coast Conference. They were way late to the party. And it's stupid. The whole thing's stupid. Jim Phillips ought to be fired right now. But hell, what's his face out? The Pac-12 still got a job. So why are we firing Jim Phillips right now? Let's give them a goddamn raise. At least we, at least our conference didn't get nuked to God knows where within 48 hours like the Pac-12 did. So maybe, hell, maybe that means he's doing a good job. Shit, I don't know. If the whole damn thing's stupid. None of it makes sense. Nobody wants Stanford and Cal in the ACC. And all this did was make absolutely damn sure that Florida State, Clemson, Carolina, probably Miami, maybe Virginia, are all leaving the ACC as soon as the math makes sense for all of them, probably by the year 2029. And all of the foregoed money that that these schools gave up now the league's going to wind up having to pay premium on it because they're going to owe them the money and they're not going to have the uh, have the money coming in from Carolina and FSU and Clemson to make up the difference. This is absolutely asinine. Meanwhile, I could go for 10 more Coast. minutes, but I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> Meanwhile, on the West Coast, the Mountain West is having discussions with Oregon State and Washington State. The funniest thing I've heard is that the Pac-12 commissioner has been saying, well, maybe we can bring back the Pac-12 with the Mountain West teams. It's like, excuse me, excuse me. The Pac-12 doesn't have a television contract. The Mountain West does. If anybody is going anywhere, it's the final two teams in the Pac-2 to the Mountain West. The Mountain West has no reason to join the Pac-whatever. The uh, a couple of things on this. One, there were ongoing discussions about 
you know, the Mountain West being interested in Oregon State and Washington State, obviously. But then the American also being in... That was that would have been the dumbest thing of all time had Washington State, Oregon State not joined the Mountain West. It's a perfect pairing. I'd rather have them in the Pac-10, Pac-8, Pac-12, Pac-whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, yes. I still say... They need to join the Big 12, and the Big 12 just creates a Big 12 West division, which is all the Pac-12 teams. Here's the here's the stupid thing about that, and, and yes, you're not wrong on that. The ACC and the Pac-12 were working on this scheduling alliance thing for the last two years. That's right. The ACC yeah. could have annexed the Pac-12, and we'd be just fine right now. But no, we got to go. We can't jump on, you know, when US, USC and UCLA leave and then Colorado jumps. No, the ACC, we can't add Arizona. Arizona, st- oh, oh, my God. Oh, oh, we, oh, my God. We need Stafford and Cal. We can't talk to Arizona. So we're better than that. Get the fuck out of here. My God. And at least then the conference name would make sense. You just call it the Coastal Conference with an Atlantic and a Pacific division. Exactly. But we can't. But we can't do that. Notre Dame, you know, just playing the chess pieces here. Talking. Oh, well, we can't leave you know, two outstanding institutions like Stanford and Cal hanging out in the breeze and all this stuff. If hey, if it's such a great deal to go to the ACC Notre Dame, sign on the dotted line, motherfuckers. Sign on the dotted line. You are locked in till 2036. If you join a conference, you have to join the Atlantic Coast Conference. And the fact that they didn't hold Notre Dame's feet to the fire in 2020 when they bailed them out for football scheduling during the pandemic. Oh, all time, all time screw up. By the ACC and, and Swarbrick, the 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 AD at, at at Notre Dame, went on to Dan Patrick's radio show last week, and and basically you you wouldn't even know that they were a member of the ACC the way he talked. <laughs> it was an absolute shit show, absolutely embarrassing to the ACC, and the fact that they're letting Notre Dame get away with this bullshit is absolute garbage. But here's the deal: that this is why it happened, and this is why they wound up getting the votes. It's because. He and Swarbrick, Swarbrick played to the emotions here. Like we can't, you know, what would happen to to poor old Stanford and Cal? I mean, my God, they're going to go bankrupt tomorrow if uh, you know if if we if we don't do anything here. What would happen, you know, if 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 this can happen to Stanford and Cal? You know, think about you guys and Duke's like, oh shit, they can do it to us, and Boston College is like, oh shit. They can do it to us. Maybe maybe we need to throw a lifeline out so so some people will owe us favors down the road. And the theory is is that this is how NC State's gonna get into the AAU. Is that since that since they swung Stanford and Cal and, and, and got him in you know into uh safe harbor here, that Stanford and Cal will now advocate for NC State joining the uh accredited American universities. Chase, what a shit show! What a shit show! All over so all over some bullshit football money. That again, that again, the ain't gonna be worth the damn money or the paper it's printed on by the time twenty thirty rolls around. Because one, like I said, your your brands in the ACC are gonna be out of the league. Two, there may not even be college football as we know it at that point. So what the hell's the point of all this shit? It's absolute garbage. And, and people need to be fired and out on the streets. But, of course, that won't happen because, you know, if I scratch your back, you'll scratch mine. Hey, and, hey, it just so happens that everybody involved in here is, like, it either worked or graduated from Northwestern or Notre Dame. Go figure. Well, speaking of all this negotiation and money, the entire reason that this is happening in college football, we all know it, it's television money. Well, guess what happened with the television programming with Spectrum Cable Mm. starting on Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern at the exact moment that Florida and Utah were to kick off? Disney pulls all of its programming from Spectrum. And as of this recording right now, it's still not available to Spectrum Cable customers. Under normal conditions, this... Well, this would be a, 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 a news of note, but it would be ah, we're just it's just another damn you know cable you know cable and distributor you know gripes and and they'll they'll get the shit fixed and whatnot. 
This one's different. And this one has major ramifications across the sports media game. And particularly, as you mentioned, college football. And pro football. Little thing called Monday Night Football that Spectrum viewers aren't getting. For instance, they're not watching Clemson right now as we record. Here's the the big news out of this. All the Spectrum, you know, anybody that had Spectrum was was complaining up a storm on Twitter uh, at all your social media outlets on Thursday night, and rightfully so. Because well, I got no kick- warning from what I heard. Yeah, it was out of nowhere. You had to be, you had to go, you had to be actively following the the back channels. You had to be in in the media game, you know, following the media negotiations and whatnot, and, and fo- actively following that news beat to know that this was that, that this was brewing. And very few people did. It Here's was interesting because I I was affected. The house I was staying at in Reno this week had Spectrum. Oh, shit. Um, The brewery that we usually hang out at has Spectrum. Another brewery that's around the corner was working off a dish and had ESPN. So it was like you were wandering around Reno Central trying to figure out who had Spectrum and who did not for, you know, can I watch the game on ESPN or SEC or ACC or the U? Uh, just depending on who was using Spectrum and who wasn't. It was a shit show. That's bonkers. Here's the kicker on all this stuff. Oh, oh, and the the real kicker was because I subscribed to Fubo, we just took my computer up and we were watching the ESPN programming through Fubo. And then we'd watch all the other stuff, you know, on the on the house TV that was available. So it's funny you mentioned Fubo because here's the interesting thing about all this. The, the story that coming out of Spectrum, as customers are calling to complain and whatnot and cancel and everything, Spectrum's not telling everybody to, hey, hold the hell on, we're going to get you fixed up and whatnot. They are actively telling people to go subscribe to Fubo if oh, they want really? to, if they want ESPN. The, 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 Why the, would they do that? Because I, I'll tell you right now, they are telling people this because Spectrum wants to get out of the video business. Uh-huh. They want to stay their broadband and internet is more profitable than their than their cable bundles. So they're like, let's jettison this business. Let's get out of here. Let's focus where where the where the where the money's being made. Which means all of this talk related to our first topic about the ACC and hey, the ACC can get into, you know, they get the ACC network now in California. They get subscriber base up and whatnot. You're not getting the subscriber base if you're not, if you're not hooked up to Spectrum Cable. So if those people that say, you know what, screw it, we'll stay with Spectrum. We don't need Fubo, whatnot. They're not going to get the ACC subscriber base on that. Your overall subscriber base is going to go down off of this unless Spectrum says, yeah, maybe we do need to stay in the TV business. If Spectrum gets out of the TV business, there will be a portion of their customer base who's like, okay, we're fine with that. We'll, we'll, we'll slum it over here and whatnot. And, and at some point, it's like, you know, we don't need our cable sports. We can, we can settle for the NFL every Sunday and wait for Monday Night Football to come back on ABC. And do the over-the-air gimmick. And as that happens, all of a sudden, the revenue pie from your cable TV rights starts to shrink. Yep, there you go. And as that starts to shrink, everything changes for sports. Everything. The whole money dynamic gets completely thrown up in the air when that happens. And I've been saying it all summer. It's obvious the bubble is about to burst there are cracks in the dam we don't have enough sandbags to 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 keep this dam from busting because it's about to happen and and the leaks will begin in 2024 yeah it's it's bad because i i i really believe that by 2025 college football fans are going to realize that they do not like what has happened oh absolutely not going back to the to the media rights thing and going back to the ACC, and my God, it's hilarious. Everybody's been bitching and whining and complaining about the ACC grant of rights. But the ACC's 
they got their market value whenever it was 2020 whenever it was further back than that and everybody's locked into 2036 Notre Dame's TV contract comes up in two years with NBC I'm not sure whether how that's going to wind up playing out I have a, I have a feeling that the that the premium brand that that's Notre Dame will probably be okay but then in 28 or 29 the Big Ten goes back to market again and I am really curious to see how that's going to wind up playing out. Because again, I don't think the Monopoly money is there anymore. So what's that going to look like? And maybe by 2029, all of a sudden the ACC, who's you know been whining up the you know Florida State's been crying and bitching and moaning about oh we can't compete with the you know with everybody else. Maybe the ACC TV deal actually looks like a it looks like the greatest thing in the world. By the time the Big Ten and the SEC contracts come back up. I don't know. It, it's very, very, very interesting times on the sports business side. Well, let's move from the sports business side to what actually happened on the field. And if we you will could st- see it. If you could see it. I was going to say, if you could see it. And frankly, I think Florida fans are probably happy they didn't get to see that God. game. Utah just grinds them into the grass 24-11. Even without Cam Rising. You know, Bryson Barnes and Nate Johnson look pretty damn good at quarterback. And when Cam comes back, that's a three-headed monster you don't want to deal with. Yeah, Barnes threw the threw the 70-yard touchdown pass. First play Barnes. of the game. That was first fantastic. First play of scrimmage for Utah. Florida couldn't get out of their own way. All sorts of stupid penalties. A couple of killer false starts down in the red zone. And uh, wound up costing them three points. They wound up missing a field goal out of one of it. Florida looked just looked disinterested at times. Utah just like you say just ground them into dust. It was a it was quite the uh, performance by Utah. Florida one for thirteen on third down. It was just just brutal. Yeah, I was going to say Graham Mertz was thirty one for forty four, three hundred and thirty three yards. That sounds like good statistics, except he couldn't convert on third down. That's like the emptiest three hundred and thirty three yard performance of all time. I mean, it just just there's no no stake whatsoever there. So that was a part of the SEC going 0-3 in prime time. Man, I got killed this week. Because the, the, the biggest guarantee in Vegas over the last 10 years is take the SEC on opening weekend in these big-time games. It happens every single year just about. You always take the SEC. And I wrote them this weekend because why would I? I've won on them for the last 10 years. They kicked my ass this weekend. And I'm, hey, I'm not complaining. It makes everything interesting, uh, especially for a uh, for a certain team who had pretty good uh, performance there in Charlotte. We did, and we'll and we'll get to that Wednesday. We're not backing away from what happened. We we apologize to all our listeners who are probably now in a pop up tent uh, somewhere along the river. Um, we'll talk about <laughs> it on Wednesday. Meanwhile, yes, North Carolina 31, South Carolina 17, Drake May. Solid, not great, but my God, if Carolina can win that easily against a pretty decent opponent with Drake May not having a great game, North Carolina's looking pretty good. The ceiling got raised for Carolina Saturday night. I was blown away. I haven't seen a Carolina defense play like that in probably 15 years. They were in Spencer Rattler's grill all night long. He was on the ground just constantly. Nine sacks. They hurried him. They knocked him down. They stopped the run. Drake May threw two interceptions in the second half. One wasn't. He forced one. He forced the other one, but still, it should have been caught. He hit Peso right in the hands. You just you bring it in, uh, bail out your quarterback on that. And South Carolina recovered that onside kick to start the second half, which every... I was yelling at the TV the way Mac Brown managed the end of the first half. They could have had another possession and tried to get points at the end, and they let the clock run out for God knows whatever. And the whole concept of, oh, well, we get the ball back at the beginning of the second half. And then South Carolina went onside kick. But nevertheless, after the onside kick and the two interceptions, South Carolina had good field position on all three of those to start out. Carolina gave up a grand total of three points on those three possessions. The defense showed up and showed out all night long. And like you said, if Drake May doesn't have to be Superman, to be able to not just compete, but to to dominate 
solid football teams. I'm not saying South Carolina is Clemson or Florida State or anything like that. I'm not, no delusions of grandeur like that. But there were far, far, I can't even tell you how many teams last year had far less talent than South Carolina on the offensive line and at quarterback than what South Carolina had Saturday night. And Carolina made them look like the 99 Rams. That didn't happen Saturday night, and that is a huge, huge, huge improvement over anything Carolina's defense has thrown on the field for the last 10 years. I'm giddy. I'm jacked up. I still got my guard up. I I know better than this, but, man, they showed me a lot Saturday night. So what I hear you saying is that North Carolina is going to win the national championship, and Drake May is hands down the Heisman Trophy winner. What I heard is Carolina won the national championship in basketball in 2017, and Luke May was a big part of that. That's what I just heard you say. I didn't hear anything. <laughs> yeah. my, 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 speaker, my, my, my monitor went out over here. I, I, I don't know. And then finally, Florida State mm. wakes up in the second half and just dominates LSU 45-24. I'm very thankful but because, you know, had LSU minus two by the time I got into Reno, it was a great number, I thought. Um, at halftime, things were looking good. I'm happy with that. I was a couple of beers in, and uh, thank goodness I was numb because that second half was horrible if you were an LSU fan. That was a shit-kicking of the highest order in the second half by Florida State. My goodness. They came out and just dropped the hammer. On LSU, LSU couldn't get out of its own way in the first half. It was they 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 had the goal line stand by Florida Florida State's defensive line. I was very very impressed with uh, with the Seminoles and the way they were able to just control really on both sides of the ball, but particularly particularly the defensive line. They when it got down into you know deep near, near the end zone, they tightened up and they made it hell for LSU to do much of anything. Had the big goal line stand. They stopped him in the red zone again in the second quarter. LSU's muffin punts. Daniels did not look good. And I think it was the FSU defense that did it. I'm not, I'm not saying that LSU's a bad football team by any stretch. You can see they've got some dogs still. But Florida State, that second half, woo! Keon Coleman, three touchdowns, was unguardable at times. Uh, Jordan Travis looked good, especially in the second half. He looked a little shaky early. But, man, Florida State looked really good Monday night. I don't know how they did it. You know, they're broke. They have no money. They can't compete. Their budget in the ACC, they just can't compete with these SEC schools, Alan. I don't know how they did it. My God, what a Cinderella story. (laughs) I'm fired up if you can't tell. Let's keep moving here because we have said the words prime time a couple already in this show. And... Deion Sanders is like about ready to burst down the door and do a 10-minute monologue himself. Colorado, (laughs) 45. TCU, 42. As a 20-point dog, the Buffaloes win for the first time against a top 25 team on the road since 2002. I want your take on this first before before I jump in. Man, okay, I expected them to look good for about a quarter. And then I figured TCU would adjust. And then I figured TCU would adjust at halftime. And I have to admit that Shadar Sanders looked really good. They have a lot of talent at wide receiver. But I still believe that at best, they are about a six-man show. And that show is not going to be able to survive an entire season. When they are healthy, this is a dynamite team. But I can't see them staying healthy. Travis Hunter played 129 snaps. That's insane. No college football player is going to be able to do that for more than a couple of games. The heat index was over 100 here in Fort Worth Saturday afternoon, and he played 129 snaps, playing both ways for the rest of the game, as Denzel said in Remember the Titans. Travis Hunter was fantastic. Uh, Like Deion said, they missed him on a couple of deep balls in the first half. The high been sitting in his crib, baby. Dion's, Dion's, he's off the chain. It's, it's, you can't even, oh my God, it's going to be ridiculous. Fox, Fox is showing him in, in, you know, on Big Noon Saturday next week. I want to, I'll, I'll get, I'll get back to that in a second. I'll get back to that in a second. I texted you around halftime of that game and I said, TCU, just, just pound the ball. 
They've, they've got them in the trenches if they just pound the ball. And they did. And TCU could get some stuff on the ground. But the TCU defense just, it they looked just a half a step slow everywhere. And I think that's the Colorado offense that was able They got some dudes, man. And, uh, I, um, I think it's both ways. Yes, Colorado has some dudes. But I have a feeling you're going to find TCU at the end of the season fighting to get into a bowl. Oh, I absolutely think that. TCU is not in... Not that I thought TCU was was going to be back and be a college football playoff contender or anything like that. They lost a lot of guys. Max, you cannot underestimate Max Duggan's impact on their offense and their locker room last year. That dude was amazing. I don't think I'd trust Chandler Morris to throw a party, let alone a red zone ball for me. No, um, Ch- Ch- there's a reason Chandler Morris has not started all these years at all the universities he's been at. He's an athlete. But he's just not a good quarterback. The the Travis Hunter interception down there on the goal line was a, a highlight real play. Me being, you know, I was watching the game from the elliptical at the gym. I saw that pass coming from a mile away. That's and just you can, it. Yeah. You can see you can see Hunter on the there's a there was a replay from the from the ground level at the end zone. Hunter never takes his eyes off of Morris and reads the pass the whole way. It was yeah, the most telegraphed pass I've ever seen. Yeah, Morris never took his eyes off that receiver. That's why. Nope. Yeah, exactly. Craig, you know, we, we talked all sorts of shit for the last few weeks on Colorado, and they showed up and showed out on Saturday. Props to Primetime for talking those boys up. And, and this, this is the most frustrating thing about this. Is TCU heard the same crap we did all summer for months. Dion, 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 Colorado. Oh, my God, what's this? Coach Prime this and Coach Prime that. And they came down to Fort Worth. Where's the pride? Where is the guts? Where's the manhood? Where's the testicular fortitude of TCU to stand up and say, you know what? Shut the fuck up. We're going to shut you down. They didn't do it. I can't. They put Colorado punked out TCU on national TV, and now we're going to have to hear about it for the next month. And I hate TCU for that. Well, hopefully we only have to hear about it for another week because Mm. next – those corn-fed, beef-eaten linemen at Nebraska are going to take their shot at Colorado. It was crazy. The, the line for Colorado-Nebraska went up almost immediately after the Colorado game ended. And, and you, you and I had texted each other during the game. We're like, okay, what do you think Colorado and Nebraska is going to be? I, I'm thinking seven and a half. That's the only way you're going to keep fair money on it. Because if you make it seven... Everybody's going to jump on that Colorado bandwagon, and immediately you got to push the number up to seven and a half anyway. And then you got seven as a liability. The line opens at Colorado minus one, and within two hours, it was at Colorado minus three. Yeah, I was shocked to see it like that low. Me too. I that's that again. It's a lot of liability, and the way Nebraska looked to get against Minnesota, and we'll get to that later. Colorado's going to have the athletic talent. The question is, can Nebraska run the ball down Colorado's limited athletic defense? Colorado has no linebackers, by the way. They have no linebackers, and they and they don't have much of a defensive line. But again, Nebraska's not really going to want to throw the ball that much. They're just going to want to control, control tempo. We'll see. But I do wonder this. I, I, I know Dion. We, 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 we you can hear it in you know in in the post game presser and all this stuff. Wouldn't it totally be like Dion to make sure that the alumni are a little extra happy for this game? You know, old, oh, old, no old old money old money brand name like Nebraska home opener for Colorado much hype. I but can, that I, line I, is going to get out of control. How can you keep the alumni happy? When it starts out at minus one, and it might close at minus eight. Look, I'm just saying, be on Steve Spurrier alert here. We're throwing the flea flicker when we're up by double digits <laughs> in, you know, in the fourth quarter. I could totally see. I'm not saying hey, the game's Brian Ferentz, to- you might want to learn from that one. Oh, exactly. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, I, I could totally see, you know, hey. Let's make a let's make a little bit of extra statement here. I just think if they have the opportunity to throw some extra points on here, if it's if, if they can get it to two touchdowns, I could see Prime saying, 
oh no, we want three. We want four. If if they have the opportunity, especially with a, a brand as particular as Nebraska, which you know was once this thing, you know we can you know he can he can make the no that's the old school we're the new school now. Let let, let and, and and again throw throw some extra some extra juice on there just to to make it look even worse than it would. This reeks of like what was uh, the Miami Notre Dame game. When when they got Jerry Faust fired, where they oh, yeah. it was like a gazillion to nothing or whatever. I was saying it this game has that kind of potential. But I'll also say this, and this is my last note on it. Week one overreaction. Is this is this the week one overreaction that we always talk about? It's Colorado, right? We're, we're overreacting, right? Man, there are some people who are overreacting because there's some people who are yes. now already thinking that Colorado can win the Pac-12. That's an overreaction. No. But yeah. this team is definitely better than we expected them to be. Again, how long can this team stay healthy? Well, I'll tell you this much. We're going to know how good Colorado actually is before the calendar turns to October. They've got Oregon and USC at the end of the month. Yeah. The, the trick is, this is like... A basketball team that is literally just the starting five. They might bring in a sixth man, maybe a seventh guy to you know to to scrub up the end of the game. Colorado's this way, very very talented, but there's no depth behind them. Gonna be curious to see how this uh, this game with Nebraska turns out this uh, this Saturday. It's a regeneration thing. Travis Hunter, for instance, I know he's a physically gifted human being. But there's no way he's going to walk into that Nebraska game at the same 100% he was that he walked into the TCU game. You know, his health meter is never going to hit 100% again. And if he thinks he's going to play 129 plays again against Nebraska, that health meter for the next game is going to start out at about 80. It's going to keep going down at the start of every game until he gets hurt. So and that's so, going to happen so, pretty quickly. And it's the thing: does he have to play both ways against Nebraska? You know, he won't in week three. Who they got? They got Colorado State in week three. Yeah, he won't have to play both ways in that one. You know, let's pick our spots here. Let's not wear them out. You got to pace yourself a little bit. Well, then you play him on defense, right? I think so. I think they got enough talent on offense. Edwards yeah. was fantastic. They uh, who was the other guy? Um, uh, Horn, Horn was great. Horn. Uh, but, they but, got dudes but, but on offense. But then again, I, is is this kind of like? A guy in the NBA who's a great number two, but he can't handle being a number one. If they take Hunter off the offense, everybody else has to step up. Are they good enough to step up? I don't know. By the way, we we, we kind of blew over uh, the coach's kid, Shadour Sanders, 510 oh, yards. Yeah. That's I don't care who you're playing. He looked good, man. That's fantastic. He did it, but he looked good. That is that is absolutely fantastic. I'm giving I'm giving him the Kenny Hill Heisman right now. All right? <laughs> the Kenny the, the Kenny the Kenny Hill Geno Smith Heisman Trophy goes to Shadur Sanders. Let's keep an eye on that. All right, let's get off Colorado. But at the My same God. time, Colorado was one of 13 victories by Pac-12 teams in Week Zero and Week One. The Pac-12 undefeated as a league. In its yeah. final season as a league, yeah, let's yeah let's break up the conference who who might be the most fun. I think they've got a handful of legitimate playoff contenders, and yeah, let's 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 lowball them on the conference and then pay them more to split up. That's a great fucking fucking idea. Some wonderful work, guys. Some highlights: Oregon puts up eighty-one against Portland State. They scored 11 touchdowns in 13 possessions. The other two possessions, a field goal and a punt. They were up 50 to seven at halftime. You know the you know the Oregon Duck does the push-up gimmick after every Oregon score, right? That poor duck. <laughs> do you know how many push? Do you know how many push-ups he had to do all together? Oh my god, all together was 150. Had to be close to about 400, right? 546. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. The Oregon Duck. I think they did CPR on the Oregon Duck on the sideline. He was passed out. It was, it was good stuff. I'm not putting much uh, much uh, clout into Oregon beating Portland State. Hey, 81 points is 81 points. So Oregon, Oregon is what they are. We'll reevaluate them later. 
Washington puts up 56 against mm. Boise, dominates 56 to 19. Michael Penix, four of his five touchdown passes in the second quarter. Took Washington a quarter to figure out that they could get up on Boise State's secondary. Once Penix figured out the defensive scheme, he torched the Broncos. It was bad. Turned a turned a nine seven Boise State lead into into a rout in a hurry. Uh, Boise had no answer for Penix. Um, they had a couple guys get you know go for hundred yard games. It was it was. Excellent, excellent debut performance for Michael Penix this year. Who, as for me, right now, that's the Heisman Trophy winner as of week one. But, you know, we you know we can't do that. We can't do that kind of gimmick. So. USC put up another 66, this time against Nevada. Another easy over with the Trojans. Told you. Cal whips North Texas on the road. Cal's an yep. ACC school. Hang on a second. Time out. <laughs> Hold on now. <laughs> No, Cal put up. Cal goes on the road, puts up fifty-eight. That's impressive for the Bears. Uh, Washington State puts up fifty against Colorado State. Colorado State did not look good. No, uh, they did Oregon not. State gets forty-two at San Jose State, and uh, here we go. Both the Oregon State San Jose State game and the Stanford Hawaii game ended in the final minute with a quote meaningless touchdown that Brent Musburger would tell you. Now the game is over. Uh-huh, yeah. Stanford looked good. Ashton Daniels was supposed to be in a three-way dogfight for the quarterback job. He goes wire to wire and looked pretty nice. And uh, Troy Taylor did pop out a few gimmick plays. You know there's a whole bunch more in that barrel. I'm looking you you mentioned that in the preseason, so I, I'm, I'm, I respect you for that. By the way, DJU transferred transfer from Clemson out to Oregon State looked really good. In, uh, yeah, in his debut with the Beavers. He looked okay. I He looked good. Nah, I wouldn't say good. I mean, he may, he he didn't look like Michael Penix or well, anything. No, 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 but, no. I mean, we're not he, putting him on Times Square billboards like Bo Nix. He was But okay. he looked good. He made a lot of stupid plays as well. He's a highlight reel, but then if you watch the entire game film, he does a lot of dumb things. Well, that's why he wound up getting benched at Clemson, so. He's lucky he has a great offensive line and a good running back behind him. I just need the Beavers to win the Pac-12. That's all I need. And so when the Beavers win the Pac-12, you might want to celebrate by going on a vacation. Therefore, who might you call? Man, hit up our girl Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel. Labor, she was pumping out, she was pumping out cruises this weekend like uh, like Oregon was putting up points uh, in their opener. I mean, we're talking so five hundred and forty. It was a them? lot. It was a lot. Uh, a, a, cruises to Alaska for next summer. Cruises for your Christmas vacation next year. Spring break to the Bahamas. All inclusives down. It, it, look, if if you need to get away with your family, friends, and have an awesome time, hit up our girl Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel. Tell her you heard about her on Six Years Sheen Years, and she'll give you twenty five dollars off your next trip discount. And I'll do twenty five push ups. On camera for the Oregon Duck, I'll do my uh, part to chip in for the thing. Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel. If I her on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, WP Magic Journeys, Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel, she makes the plans, you make the memories. Let's roll through some other memories in week one. Minnesota does defeat Nebraska 13-10. That was a lot harder than it should have been for the Golden Gophers. Dragon Keish kicks a 47-yard field goal as time expires after they pick off Jeff mm. Sims in the final minute. Glad to see Nebraska still uh, still just pissing games away. Uh, couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Good good, good job, Matt Rule. Uh, Nebraska, hey, by the way, hey, we're still... Um, oh, never mind, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself here. No, we'll see what happens next week on uh, uh, with the Colorado game. That's going to be interesting. Wyoming defeats Texas Tech in double overtime, 35-33. Andrew Peasley overcomes so many injuries, runs and throws the the touchdowns in overtime to win the game. But I props to Peasley. They they were carrying him off on a stretcher at some points, and he kept coming back into the game. He he said it in the post game. I'm hurt. I'm not injured. That was as gutsy a performance as you'll see. Did you the the blitz on the? uh, It's fourth and goal. They have to score. Oh, to, they buried to, him. My God, they brought the they brought the the linebacker in, and he was untouched. I mean, clear shot. 
And I was I was watching it on my phone, so it was a small. I didn't know how he got the ball off to, well, I, to the tight end. Saw, I think he saw the linebacker coming, and he knew he had a receiver filling. He just kind of flicked it. He I mean, just it was through to the gap. Yeah, yeah, it was just here, go get it, and he just got smoked and got the touchdown. They get the run uh, by Sam Scott to win the game double overtime after being down seventeen nothing. Early, I didn't know till later. It was the game was on CBS proper. Yeah, it was on the Big yeah. Boy Network. I'm like, wait, I'm, I'm seeing the tweets. Like, no, get to CBS right now. No, no, not CBS Sports. CBS uh, cashing in their their Mountain West national games early. So it's you know Wyoming and Texas Tech are on broadcast national TV after midnight Eastern time in double overtime. Absolutely fantastic. Great, great finish. Great scene in Laramie. Uh, the, the fans storm the, the field. field. Great, yeah, great stuff. Great. Nobody, nobody is ever. No, no Power Five team is ever going to Laramie again. Uh, Seventy-two hundred feet, you know, and they will tell you about it. Another Mountain West victory that was unexpected. Fresno State beats Purdue thirty-nine thirty-five. Mikey Keene three hundred and sixty-six yards and four touchdowns uh, as a Fresno quarterback coming in from Central Florida. Got to watch out for those Mikeys. They'll get you. Hit Eric Brooks with a minute left to win the game. Louisville defeats Georgia Tech 39-34. That was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. But uh, Louisville looked good. Georgia Tech scored 28 points in the second quarter alone. For three quarters, Louisville dominated that game. One quarter, Georgia Tech looked amazing. Yeah, I was gonna, how many times does a team outscore their opponent 28-0 in a quarter and lose? But that's what happened uh, in Atlanta Friday night. Uh, again, took took Louisville a little bit more work than than we expected, but you know it's they went into halftime and, and you know they were a little wobbly. They were on the ropes. Uh, cards came back out and and took care of business in the second half. I was like, I mean, all this hype for Louisville is like, oh, they got a dark horse shot to win the ACC because their schedule and whatnot. And then they got pushed around in the second quarter by by Tech, but cards come back. You know, they 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 got the the sack and fumble when Tech was trying to drive down and retake the lead, and then they busted out the 60-yard the touchdown run on the very next play, and the game was over. Illinois defeats Toledo 30-28. to Caleb Griffin kicks mm. a 29-yard field goal with five seconds left. I think this pretty much shows you where the MAC is in regards to the Big Ten. That is a maybe 500-team in the Big Ten, going up against the MAC favorite, Illinois needed a four, a, a goofy fourth and eleven conversion late to even keep that drive alive, to to have a shot to win that game. Toledo's pretty good. Houston defeats Texas San Antonio seventeen fourteen. Kind of disappointing for San Antonio. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're not the same team as before, but still, I'm I'm surprised that Houston was able to beat them. Frank Harris three interceptions. Shout out to uh to Houston's uh, Houston Oilers ripoff uniforms. Oh, those hey, they look, look super, so good. They look super sharp, but uh, and nowhere is light blue in the Cougars color scheme here. So I don't know, but hey, any reason to to, to bust out the old Houston Oilers unis is a good one for me. That that me too. That I love the old Oilers uniforms, and that yeah, looks good. All time classic. We mentioned Oregon. Putting up 81. A couple other teams came very close. Oklahoma put up 73 in blanking Arkansas State. Their backup quarterback, Jackson Arnold, goes 11 for 11 for 114 yards and a touchdown. I know it's only Arkansas State, but after the problematic season last year to, you know, relative to standard, uh, Brett Venables really needed a, a, a statement win out of the gate to uh, to get the season off and going, and the Sooners absolutely did that. Uh, again, they're 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 beating Thunderfoot number two on Saturday night, but you know it's you know you do what you do there. Well, that's because Thunderfoot number one was playing against Mississippi. That would be Mercer, who loses seventy three to seven. Jackson Dart four touchdowns, all to Trey Harris. You know Kiffin's going to put up some numbers here. Let's let, let's get him into some real competition. Yeah, Lane Kiffin knows the line. Absolutely. A couple of coaches who maybe didn't know the line. Ohio State has trouble with Indiana before they prevail 23-3. to Kyle McCord doesn't look sharp. And Michigan, 30. East Carolina, 3. East Carolina kicks a field goal on the final play of the game 
on third down to avoid the shutout. Yeah, you got to get those points while you can. Hey, so they did this all this free Harbaugh crap, and they did the they did the the hold up the four fingers uh, on the first snap of the game, and or whatever it was. They they lined up the goofy set and whatnot. They do know that they self imposed the expense <laughs> the suspension on Harbaugh, right? You know, that's well. I don't know what the hell this gimmick is, but all of a sudden, you know, I've been cheering for Michigan the last couple seasons because you know Harbaugh took the pay cut and whatnot, and you know, and they you know they they're you know, fighting from underneath against Ohio State. They finally beat them two years ago. They went in the big house and pulled the Buckeyes' pants down last year. But then to do all this stuff, this self righteous crap. Come on, get out of here. A few upsets and near upsets. Probably the biggest upset. I, I mean, aside from Colorado TCU which we may, by the end of the season, not recognize as an upset. Texas State, 42, Baylor, 31. That's Texas State's first victory over a Power 5 team since they joined the FBS in 2013. How long has T.J. Finley been in college? 14 years. I mean, my God, God, he's been around all over the damn place. You know, 300 yards, basically, took Blake Shapin to a draw. Shapin leaves in the fourth quarter. Yeah, so injured knee. That did not sound good. Um, if if ba- you know if Baylor's supposed to be you know first of all, uh, Aranda's he, he wants to do defense here. Yeah, you gave up forty two points to Texas State. If Shapin's hurt, this could get out of hand pretty quick for Baylor. Look out for that. And oh, and by the way, they got Utah next week. So good good luck with that, Bears. So what you're saying is Utah's going to have three quarterbacks that are better than Baylor's starter, probably. Northern Illinois defeats Boston College 27-24 in overtime. Talk about another guy who's been around forever. Rocky Lombardi sneaks in from the one to end the game. Cal comes into the league and they're not the worst. They're not the worst school in the ACC, Boston College is. Get this team out of my league for God's sake. This is ridiculous, embarrassing. But hey, but hey, you know what? It, it's easy. It's easier for Boston College. Let's let's just expand to Europe. It's a closer flight for for Boston College to go to London than it is for, for Boston College to go to Cal, right? It, I know this much. It's 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 a closer flight for Stanford to fly to Hawaii than it is for Stanford to fly to Syracuse. Are are, are we going to allow the week zero exception now if, if Stanford has to play Syracuse? I don't know. This week on college football, Boston College at Manchester City. Yes, exactly. That's stupid ass shit. Army's bowl hopes took a hit. They lose to Louisiana Monroe 17-13 after leading 13-3 with 12-53 to go. That's Hank Bach. Is Hank Bachmeyer at ULM now? That was Bachmeyer, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. He's at La Tech. Oh, he's at La Tech. All y'all Louisiana. All y'all yeah, look right. like. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, he was a lot tech. Florida International almost loses to Maine 14 Jesus. to 12. And Marshall has a hard time against Albany. They won 21 to 17, but by God, this is Albany we're talking about. Yeah, come on, step up your game. Hey, I've been talking about the Sunbelt all year long, and Marshall comes out and 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 gives gives Albany 20 minutes on 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 world championship wrestling. Come on. And they've got a commercial break on them. Come on, Marshall. You gotta do better than that. Some other things you may not have noticed. North Carolina State has a lot of trouble with Connecticut before winning 24-14. Brennan Armstrong, though, looked decent for the Wolfpack. I wasn't expecting the offense to to get up and go like that. They, they looked really good that first drive. I was like, okay, you know, we can do some stuff. And then uh, they switched it up, and Armstrong ran a little bit more later in the game too. State still got some offensive uh, limitations. I'm curious to see how the uh, how that evolves as the season goes along. But they they look decent, and, and the defense is the defense is solid. UConn gave them a good fight, but the defense uh, held firm. Speaking of offensive deficiencies, and we oh, are not geez. getting to Iowa yet. BYU beat Sam Houston State 14-0, and this was brutal. Sam Houston's offense was ridiculous. BYU might end up having a good defense, but this was an ugly game. Yeah, bowling shoot ugly. Put the women and children to bed. BYU did have a little freshman running back come in in the second half, ran for 91 yards. Might turn around the BYU offense, maybe. We'll see. He definitely wasn't Kamani Vidal, though. Mm. who goes for 248 yards as your Troy Trojans defeated Stephen F. Austin 48-30. Yeah, if you, if you, you can get Austin to do, do the job, do, do it while you can. Yeah, Vidal 248 looked fantastic. So then let's get to the oddities. 
and offensive deficiencies. How many points does Brian Ferrin still need to score after week one? After week one, the Brian Ferentz points on a pole sits at 276 as they only score 24 points against Utah State. You can't even get the average against Utah State. They scored on their first two drives and they only got 10 points the rest of the way. Oh, that's Have brutal. you seen the total on the Iowa-Iowa State game? Oh, I'm not sure I want. Is it under 40? Oh, it's way under 40. You want to take a guess? Oh, no. 37 and a half? <laughs> 36 and a half. <laughs> Gee, come on! My God! that's This is why you had to run it up against Utah State while you can. Let me see. Hang on. I'm, I'm scrolling down. All right, no. You don't have this. You didn't put this game on the format sheet. And with good reason. I I, I don't blame you, but I'm going to bring it up. Right. Oh, no, no. Never mind. It, I'm looking right at it. Rutgers. Rutgers yes. oh, that was Northwestern uh, 24-7. Aside from the fact that I had the under and it was a fun game to watch because I've got my money in the second quarter, that was awful. Let me just, I, 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 I'm going to throw this out right here because I saw this. I actually saw this on Blue Sky today. And, and I want to I, I hit you with this and, and let you s- just percolate on this for a few weeks. All right. Let me pull up. Let me pull up Iowa's schedule. Because I mean, we are we can already see after after one week here that there are there are potential issues to be had with the Iowa offense, and, and we knew this. We pull up the schedule here, and on November eleventh, Iowa hosts Rutgers. Well, one oh, thing no. Rutgers wants to do is hold the football. I think they had the football for about thirty-seven minutes oh, against dude. Northwestern. Okay. The first three possessions of the game. Against Northwestern, Rutgers had the ball for 16 plays. Northwestern had the ball for five plays. Rutgers had the ball for 16 plays. At one point, <laughs> it was 32 to five. <laughs> <laughs> just imagine, just imagine, Brian Ferentz is like 85 points short of the of the magic number, and Rutgers comes to town, <laughs> and they play keep away from him for 42 minutes. And Iowa puts up a 10 spot against Rutgers. It's in play. I'm just saying it's in play for Rutgers to be to be the, the fly in the ointment for the Brian Ferentz points on the pole challenge. Well, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. Iowa also must play Northwestern, right? Yes. Okay. The week before. Okay, what do you think the totals will be in those games? Could one of those totals be under 30? God, I hope. I, I wouldn't think so. I would think at some point they'll say, no, the defense will score two touchdowns. But 31 and a half is in play. Oh, my, my God. God. That's awful. By the way, we've been joking about Northwestern might not win a game in the United States. Their best chance yes. might be Howard. Well, Howard hung tough with Eastern Michigan, only losing 33-23. That is, that is correct. So That is got your a few Howard weeks. update for the week. Yes, we're going to keep an eye on this because the North, <laughs> Northwestern may not be able to win a game in North America. Is this like is this like when is this like when Bret Hart said he would never wrestle in America again if he lost to Shawn Michaels? Yes, and yes. This is kind of it's kind of like that gimmick. This is great. North, Where, North, what, Northwestern can only win outside of America. <laughs> what other college football podcast is going to give you Brian Ferentz points on a pole? And the weekly Howard update. Come on. Yes. We're unique here. Uh, by the way, the Battle of Miami goes to Miami of Florida. Tyler Van Dyke, yeah. former first-round draft pick, throws a touchdown on the first pass <laughs> of the game. That's great. Oh, man. Texas defeats Rice 37-10. JT Daniels loses to Texas for the third time with three different teams. You know, I'm glad JT Daniels can play Texas three times with three different teams, but the NCAA can't okay Tez Walker to suit up for Carolina after transferring before they changed the goddamn transfer rules. By the way, JT lost with USC in 2020 and with West Virginia in 2022. My God, where's Tate Martell when you need him? (laughs) Finally, a game that you nobody surely saw, even on the West Coast. 
Arizona State defeats Southern Utah 24-21. The game ends about 1 a.m. local time after a dust storm, lightning, and God knows what other God-forbidden disasters happened in Tempe. (laughs) 24-21 over Southern Utah? Come on, Sundo. I'm I'm talking up the Pac-10 or Pac-12, Pac-2, whatever the hell your name is, and going undefeated, but y'all only won beat Southern Utah by three? Come on. Hey, by the way, you skipped over uh, James Franklin keeping the alumni oh, yes, happy, yes. happy Valley. Penn yeah, State. Oh, that was ridiculous. Yeah. So Penn oh, State. Yeah, you, you got a story on this. Penn State's a 20 and a half point favorite, and they are running out the clock, essentially. But they go for it on fourth down to get another first down. And then with six seconds left, Bo Prabula scores on a five yard touchdown run to cover. The 20 and a half point spread. Mmm. Mmm. James Franklin. Holler at you on that one. If, if you had if you had Penn State and uh and laying the points, you're uh you know sliding a couple of bucks to the uh to the NIL fund there at Penn State. Good good work, James Franklin. All right, so now we've gone through what has happened. Let's get to what's going to happen this week. Well, if you're really desperate, we have a Thursday game. It is Murray State. Which is, cra- which is crazy because that's the same night the NFL kicks off. But yeah, oh, let's have a true. Thursday game. <laughs> yeah, and, and why not? Hey, we're desperate for every dime we can get. Let's go to the ACC Network, everybody. Murray State is at Louisville on the ACC Network at 4.30 Vegas time. Go figure. Good grief. My God. On Friday, Illinois is at Kansas on ESPN2 at 4.30. And then on Saturday... They start early. There's an 8 a.m. game. Vanderbilt at Wake Forest on the ACC network. Because, yeah, exactly. On the ACC network because we've got, we've got to squeeze every dime off of advertisers that we can. So, of course, it's on the ACC network. Of course, at 9 a.m., in case you haven't heard, on Fox, there's a team that's going to be playing their home debut with some new coach who talks a lot, Nebraska. At Colorado. Coach Prime, Coach Prime, Coach Prime, Coach Prime, Coach Prime. Take a drink for every time Gus Johnson or Joel Klatt say Coach Prime oh, on Jesus. the broadcast. I would have been stupid-ass drunk by 11 a.m. You've been dead! Jesus! Utah at Baylor is on ESPN. Notre Dame at North Carolina State on ABC. That one's going to be a good game. I'm curious to see how Sam Hartman... Can can get some work in on the on the Wolfpack defense. If the Wolfpack defense is as good as I think they are, I think we've got a contest there in Raleigh. Really? All right. Do. Yep. On the twelve thirty slate, Iowa is at Iowa State on Fox. At the same time on ESPN two, it's Mississippi at Tulane. Will Mississippi and Tulane score more points in one quarter than Iowa and Iowa State for the entire game? Probably, I, I I would what what minus minus three hundred on that one. <laughs> Probably, yeah. That 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 Iowa Iowa State game needs to have a uh, uh, an FCC warning attached to that one. My God. Also at the same time, Texas A and M at Miami. That one's on ABC. Yeah, uh, that that could be a fun game. That could could be fun. And by the way, UTEP is at Northwestern on the Big Ten Network in case anybody wants to see if Northwestern can win a game in North America. UTEP favored on the road at Northwestern (laughs) by a point. Ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) At 2.15 on the ACC Network, Appalachian State against North Carolina. That line is climbing fast. Um, I don't know what to think about this. This game was a shit show last year, and the only reason I didn't die watching it is I couldn't watch it live. App State won that game, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. as far as I know, Appalachian State won that game. That's what everybody told me last year, despite whatever the final score said. Appalachian State scored 40 points in the fourth quarter of that game. 40 points in the fourth quarter and lost. Oh, dude, okay, you you want to talk, we'll, we'll probably mention this Wednesday as well, talk about points being scored at the last minute. Washington State and Colorado, the under looks good for three quarters. They scored 42 points in the fourth quarter. Jeez. My God. 
At 3.30, for some reason, the CW Network has Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. Okay, so that was part of the part of the whole Bally Sports going bankrupt and shit. Ah. CW, CW caught some ACC games. It'll happen in football and basketball this season. There we go. Yeah, so it's, so it's odd, but hey, it, it works. At 4 p.m., of course, you have the game of the day, Texas at Alabama on ESPN. Sorry, Spectrum viewers, you won't get to see it. Yeah, yeah, you're going to have to deal with it. Um, Texas took Alabama to the wire last year in Austin. Bama's a touchdown favorite for this one. And I know they, I, you know, I, I know they, they whooped up Max MacGyver or whoever it was uh, on TBS Saturday, but they looked pretty good doing it. I know uh, there, there were some questions about the quarterback play. Milrow looked really good. So we'll see if they're ready to go against Texas. At the same time, Central Florida at Boise on Fox Sports 1. And a little bit of an intrigue on Fox, Oregon at Texas Tech. Texas Tech quarterback Tyler Shaw, former Oregon Duck. Oregon having to go on the road there. Texas Tech coming off the loss at Wyoming. That's a very interesting game. And that Boise-UCF game, from a, from a perception standpoint, this is his Big a game for Boise State as they've had in a long time. They need this win for a half dozen reasons, not even related to them getting you know getting the getting the shaft last week uh, out in Seattle. You know UCF happens to win you know the national championship goes unbeaten at just the right time where they can cash in on conference realignment. Where when Boise State did it. You know, all those years ago, they didn't have that luxury, or else they probably almost certainly would have been in the Big 12 or Pac-10 or some something by now. Didn't happen, and, and there's you know, some chatter there back and forth. UCF beat them down in Orlando last year. Boise really needs to win the rematch just from a public relations standpoint. The 4.30 schedule is pretty weak, highlighted probably by UCLA at San Diego State on CBS. Yeah. There's an inner rich, I don't know why this is on NBC, Charlotte at Maryland. It's on NBC because the NBC is part of that new Big Ten contract. But where the Charlotte, show the Big for Ten crying and... out loud. This is one of the worst teams in FBS football. Oh, well, they could talk about Harbaugh and, and, the, and, and free Harbaugh and hold up four fingers and, and, and all that stuff uh, for three hours on NBC, right? Yeah, it's Michigan. Sure. We're, we're not Aaron Charlotte. We're Aaron Michigan. That's no, no, no. This we'll, isn't Michigan. This is Maryland. Oh, Mar- oh, Maryland. Oh, good lord. Yeah, for that, I, yeah, I have no idea on that. There was a conversation about this in the off season, and now I can't remember what what the what the particulars were. Yeah, I couldn't figure out why they were Aaron Mar- Maryland and Charlotte here either. The late night window, seven thirty Vegas time. Stanford at USC on Fox. Auburn at Cal on ESPN. And uh, for the Degenerates, Oklahoma State at Arizona State on Fox Sports 1. Yeah, we'll, we'll see if the ACC can can bag another win over the SEC when Cal takes on Auburn. Let's see if that happens. <laughs> see, see, let's see if the ACC can go 3-0 and to kick off the season against the SEC. Auburn's only a 6.5-point favorite on the road there against Cal. Cal looked decent against North Texas. I was surprised... I was surprised too, and and dominated like they did. Of course, I was surprised because yeah, that was another another one of our mortgage plays that failed. Well, we'll, we'll run right down now, the ledger. Our, 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 list, our listeners have got their podcast in, sitting alongside their pop up tent in the river because they've lost their house. Sorry, yeah, they're guys. listening. They're we'll listening to this podcast. Week. They're listening to this podcast on a tin can and a string right now. All right. <laughs> But we'll make it up to you, we promise. Re- picks the rest of the year are free. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we guarantee it or the rest of the season is free. Exactly. The greatest you know, hey. the greatest gambling <laughs> gimmick ever. <laughs> Always a winner. And we've got we've got late night action out on the island. Uh your friends Albany. Uh actually fly we, we're, we're, we're flying we're flying from Albany, New York to, to Hawaii. To play a football game here. Let's just throw, let's, let's all be in the same conference together. Let's make sense. Yeah, and I think that's, uh, again, uh, what is it? Something, something, some kind of pay-per-view where you can only watch it on an app. I, it's frustrating. 
it's 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 Oklahoma's WrestleMania. Is that what it is? Yeah, essentially, yeah, yeah. Sounds good. I think that's all we have. We're going to come back on Wednesday and hopefully do much better with our gambling picks. But realize, hey, you're getting it free, so you know what can you lose? Oh yeah, money. I have one. I have one last thing to say before we sign off. I said it. If you, if you follow me on on Twitter or Facebook, I said it the other day, but I'm going to say it one more time just for posterity's sake. An institution with the lineage of Everett Case, Frank McGuire, Dean Smith, Jim Valvano, Mike Shashevsky, Bobby Crimmins, Roy Williams, Terry Holland, Tony Bennett, the Briscoe Brothers, Harley Race, Ricky Steamboat, sold its soul and the ACC basketball tournament down the river for Stanford and Cal football. That's the best producer in the business, Alan Caps. I'm Mikey Watson. We'll be back Wednesday. So we can't do worse than we did last week. We're going to make some plays. Oh, we're going to make can. some money back. <laughs> oh, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. But, hey, we're going hey, let's, let, let, hey, look. Get, glass is half full, not half empty. <laughs> we, we, look, we're, we're going to show how you make progress here. You know, we're going to show how it's done. We're going to show you right here on Wednesday on the Gambling Edition of Six Year Seniors.